Our scripture passage today is in the book of Acts, chapter 4, verses 18 through 31. Please stand as we read this together. If you're using the black Bible that's found under the chair in front of you, it'll be on page 912. Acts 4, starting with verse 18. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to, to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. You may be seated. Good morning, all. Um, it's good to see you guys. I hope it's good to see me. Um, if not, that's okay as well. Um, so, uh, I'm not feeling the best. I'll give you that heads up right now. So, if this goes really bad, that's why. If it goes really good, that's why too. No, I'm kidding. Uh, my wife said that when I was walking around the house earlier today that I looked kind of frumpy. And she's watching me right now on Facebook Live. So, she loved that I just said that out loud. Um, so, if I look frumpy, you're welcome. Um, so, Happy New Year. Uh, my name is John Kleinschmidt. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, my main area of oversight is over community groups. Um, our main lead and teaching pastor is John Davis, who's been up here. Um, and one of the things that just hit me this week as I was praying, um, so Galatians 6, 6 says that those who are taught should share all good things with your teacher. Um, and, and I think that's really broad, um, but really, what really hit me is that um, if, if something on a Sunday is really encouraging you or the Spirit's working on you during the week, will you share that with John? Or if there's somebody else you're walking in relationship with that you're just learning lots from them and they're teaching you, would you share with them what you're getting? Um, it's not because they need that to somehow justify what they're doing, but we see in the book of Thessalonians that Paul was super, super encouraged by hearing these people he had touched walk in faithful and being changed by the Spirit. So that was just really hitting me. Um, please try it. I don't know. Uh, so uh, I had in my notes Superman. So everybody knows this pose here. Superman, right? So I've been doing this leadership thing at work, and they say that for presentations or before you speak somewhere, 
She did the Superman pose. So I thought about doing this the whole time today. I thought it'd be really awkward for us all, but I thought about trying it. It's supposed to build you with confidence. Now, I do have an S on my shirt underneath and a cape, if you want to see later, um, so that I would have confidence this morning uh, before we get into this. Um, we're talking about prayer. Um, there's, there's a few times during the year that we set a time aside, set a time, a t- gosh, set aside time to hit on certain topics at the beginning of the year, and one of those is prayer. Prayer is the idea of communion with God. Um, some of you here have probably a really deep and rich communion with God. Others may be struggling with that. So um, today, I'm going to set the expectation because I really believe in that saying that all frustration is birth out of unmet expectations. So expectations. One, this is not all-inclusive. I'm not going to cover everything the Bible says about prayer. Two, you're not going to be the best prayer ever when you leave here because Dan Bernthal already is, so you can't have that spot. Um, and then three, some of this isn't going to be new information. Some of this is going to be stuff you already know, but I'm, I'm asking you to pay attention and to stick with me because the reality of it is is that my prayer all week has been that God would meet with us this morning that more than anything I could say or do, that God would show up and meet with us. Because if he shows up for half a second, he'll do well beyond anything else we could do all year long. For half a second, experiencing the power of God to where he lays his hand upon us, changes us. The second goal this morning is to give you guys a text that maybe you don't remember everything I say, but you'll remember the text. And if you can go back to the text in Acts 4, God can use that for years to come as he uses it for me. Okay? So let me pray for us, and then we'll go. Um, Father, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you, God, that right now I'm weak. Um, but God, your Bible says that that means that I'm strong. So Lord, right now, I just call upon your strength and we ask God, would you speak to us? Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you flow in this place so that we could not leave here unchanged? God, we bind the enemy from this place. We ask that we would hear your voice only, that you would speak, that you would change, that you would be magnified, God. And in the midst of this, God, your name would be made great, and that our hearts would be stirred to worship. God, give us laser focus, and what things that want to distract us, let them fall to the side. In your name, amen. So the main part of our text today is going to be three things. God's people pray, God is sovereign, and God answers prayer. We're just going to look at three aspects through it, okay? One is, when we look at this text, what do you learn about prayer? Two, um, if, if we want to grow in prayer in 2017, what would that look like? And then three, how does this um, play out in my life and your life? Okay, so go ahead and open your Bibles back to Acts chapter 4. Um, starting in verse 18. So they called them and charged them not to speak or to teach all at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them. Because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom the sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. So the first thing that we're going to learn about prayer from this text is that much of the time, prayer bursts out of a need. Prayer bursts out of a need. So in this context, Peter and John had just been used mightily by God to heal a man who was 40 years old and was always lame. That opened up a door to share the gospel, to tell these people about the reality of what Jesus had done 
and that he had come, lived the perfect life, died a substitutionary death, and rose on the third day. And then Peter and John, being really good pastors, said, and guess what? You guys killed him. It's your fault. So what happened next is what happens when people hear the gospel. Two things happen when people hear the gospel. Either it heals them or it hurts them. There's not a third option. The third option is that people would say, like, uh, they didn't really get it. Then they didn't really heal it. They didn't really hear it. It either hurts or it heals. So some people, it healed. They got saved. Many more people at the beginning of Acts 4 got saved. But others that hurt. The ones that were hurt were the leaders, the rulers. And they arrested them. And they brought them in. And they basically told them to be quiet. No more talking about Jesus. That's it. And then they had this great gumption in the moment, which we all wish we could have this in that moment. Is like, okay, you choose. Do I listen to you or to God? And then they further threatened them. And then we're going to see in a moment that it led into this great need. This great need that they had. Because they responded so well off the bat and they started having fears. Can I do it again? Will I be faithful? Will we make this through? All the unknowns started to come in. So what were the threats? We don't know. It's not as to say, but here's some of what they could have been threatened with and what actually happened in the rest of the book of Acts. We will persecute you. We will kill you. Shut up or we will take away your job. You won't have money to take care of your family. We will turn you over to the Romans. Do not speak anymore about this. It's over. They had a legitimate threat. They had a legitimate threat. And that created a legitimate need. How many here has a need? Yeah, we're participating. There we go. How many people have a fear? How many people have an unknown of 2017 that's kind of scary? Okay, great. You guys are in a great place to grow in prayer in 2017. Because God creates needs in our life so that we will come to him. The enemy means our needs to lead us to despair. God gives us and allows our needs to lead us to prayer. To lead us to prayer. I mean, I have a thousand needs. I have sent out many text messages over just this week. A lot of text messages this morning. Pray for me, I'm not feeling well. Um, there's a thousand needs that we have. The enemy wants to make that crush us. God wants to make us connect to him. Prayer, much of the time, bursts out of need. You want to grow in 2017? Give the gift of your needs back to God. Number two, look at verse 23 and 24. And when they were released, they went, on their, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they had heard it, they lifted their voice together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Everything in them. So the second thing that we take away that we learn about prayer in this text is that prayer involves others. Prayer involves others. They went to their friends. They went and talked to them. They didn't go there and try to figure out a, a master plan, but they went to people, shared what was going on, and they got prayer. Much of the time when we have conversations, at least what, what I do, I logically start to solve your problem. I had a friend one time who I said, what do you think, Steve? And Steve said, let's pray, and then let's talk. I was like, dang, that was good. What we need more than anything sometimes is someone else to pray with us. So how many people here know someone who loves Jesus and can talk? All right, look around you people. You need to talk. You need to share your needs. 
you are in a fertile ground to grow in prayer in 2017. You want to grow to, to share your needs. It's how you will grow. Maybe you want to grow in prayer. Share it. They will share with you, and we pray together. We don't walk alone. There is no Lone Ranger Christianity. There's dependent Christianity on God and on others. Um, for me, what this looks like for me is a lot of text messages, phone calls, emails. Many of you in this room know that's true. I probably annoy you, but it's the reality. Especially once I'm getting to this text, I'm like, oh, I'm sending out needs. These people are going to get it. But we have to communicate. We have to be friends. And I know for some of you that means risking. Some of that means risking being known. Some of that means risking being rejected. I'm telling you, it's worth the risk. It's worth the risk. What we learn about prayer is that prayer involves others. If you want to grow in 2017, involve others in your life. Number three, turn to Acts 25 and 26. <coughs> Sorry about that. <coughs> 25 and 26. Who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. <coughs> that was terrible. I apologize. You're welcome, people. Who wants to have this mic next, huh? Feeling good. Hmm? Okay. So basically, they're there. And you know what they do? They quote Psalm 2. Psalm 2. Read it today. It's fun. It's like 13 verses or something. They quote Psalm 2. Do you know how they knew Psalm 2? Probably because they heard it, read it, or memorized it. So here's what we learn about prayer. Prayer is to involve the Word of God. Prayer is to involve the Word of God. Their confidence of God being there with them was not some loose confidence. Their confidence to go in prayer to God was not a loose confidence. It was confidence because of the Word that he had already promised that he was going to be victorious through Jesus. If you read Psalm 2, verse 3 or verse 4, says that God is in the heavens laughing at this attack on him. They're going to take me down. And he's laughing at the reality. They're assured Jesus was victorious. And they are coming before God saying, you were victorious through him and you knew. So I come before you in your victory to pray and to ask for help. Their confidence came from the Word. How many people here own a Bible? Well, on your phone. Yes, we're going to do this all the time, people. Yeah. Okay, how many people know how to read? Come on, Keith. Come on, there we go. Sorry, you're on. Yeah, guess what? You've got the tools to grow in prayer in 2017. Look at this, man. You're going to walk out of here and be prayer warriors. Look at that. I don't know why I said look at that, but that's what I was going to say, I guess. No, we can grow in prayer through the Word. Read it. Now, there, I don't know how else to say this other than to say it. So there's, two, there's probably two or three different groups of people. There's people here who have a really strong, um, committed time in reading the Word. There's people here who are trying to grow and are fighting for that day in and day out. Um, and, and you know what? And, and those people who are fighting for it and are struggling, I just want to say, keep going. God is pleased. Don't beat yourself up. Just get in. Just keep getting in. Keep getting prayer, but keep getting in. Know there is much grace. But then there's a third category. Um, 
And this is the one um, that I don't know how to say it other than just say it. So we're just going to say it. So basically, James 4.17 just says that if you do not do the good you know you should do, you're walking in sin. Some of us aren't reading our Bible at all. And the reality of it is we're walking in sin. Don't play around with it. Some of us don't share our gospel in a decade. Don't call it, I'm just nervous. It's sin. At some point, there's repentance. We don't put off sin. Okay? We call it what it is. So if you're fighting for it, you keep fighting. If you're doing great, you keep going. If you're not giving a rip, don't lie to yourself. And don't put off till two months from now. Today. We don't play around with sin, and we don't play around with not doing the goods we know we should do. Because that's what they are. So for some of you, I'm praying for a year of repentance. And it wouldn't be like in a month, I'm going to figure it out. It's going to be today. I'm going to get into it today. I'm going to have excuses today. I'm going to go today. Maybe it's a verse. It's today. Happy New Year. Um, For me, how this has played out in my life. um, So this week, this is going to shock some of you, but I hear that some people get upset at their kids. That doesn't happen to me. It happens to me. So I've been frustrated and angry, which our boys are probably watching right now, and I've confessed it to them. We talk. Um, I've been angry and frustrated with the boys sometimes. And then I get angry and frustrated with myself for being angry and frustrated. Totally not looking at Jesus, totally looking at me. But the reality of it is, is that I'm praying, and here's what comes to mind. Romans 8.31 God is for you who can be against you. Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Proverbs 15, 1. A gentle word turns away wrath. A harsh word stirs up anger. James 1. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for which the anger of man does not lead to the righteousness of the Lord. Okay, so my prayer time at that moment completely changed because I have so much more confidence and when I'm praying, because God actually wants it for me. He's not just saying, you suck, John. Stop it. He's for me. He wants to be a better dad. He wants me to be a better dad than I want to be. He wants me to have a soft response more than I want a soft response. Because he doesn't command me something that he's then going to kick me against. He's trying to bring me into it. Prayers that involve the Word of God. If you want to grow in prayer in 2017, get in the Word. You don't know where to start? Start with the book of Acts. Chapter a day. Just do it. It's sweet. Just keep going. Number four. We're going to go 29 and 30. We're skipping down a little bit. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Okay, so the fourth thing we learn about prayer from this text is that prayer's goal is not just to get out of your circumstances, but to be faithful in your circumstances. Okay, you hear that? Prayer's goal is not just to get out of your circumstances or to have them change, but to be faithful in them. 29, and now look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. With all boldness. They didn't say, let the threats not come true. They didn't say, don't let me lose my job for this. Don't let me be cut off from the community for this. Don't let my family be impacted by this. They didn't say, don't let me be stoned. 
They didn't say that. They said, let me be faithful. Let me continue to be bold in the midst of the threats. Whether you take the threats away or not, let me be faithful. So much of the time, we are all about change my circumstance, God, rather than God change me in it. I'm not saying it's wrong to ask to change your circumstances. Paul did it. Jesus did it. 2 Corinthians 12, Paul's there, thorn in the flesh, says, Jesus, take this away from me. But what was Jesus' response? It was, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. So then Paul said, I will embrace my thorn, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Jesus guarded Gethsemane, Matthew 26, right? If there any way this cup can pass for me, let it pass. But not my will, your will be done, Father. It's not wrong to ask God to change our circumstances. But sometimes he's not going to. Some of you are going to get cancer, and it's not going to end well. Some of you are going to lose a child. Some of us are going to lose a spouse. Some of us are going to have children that don't love Jesus and walk off and do that their life apart from him. Some of us are going to lose a job. And the circumstances may not change quickly or at all. And in those seasons, we have to say, God, let us be faithful, not just change. The goal of prayer is for us to be able to be faithful in our circumstances, not just change them. If you want to grow in prayer in 2017, ask God to help you be faithful. Celebrate when he's helping you be faithful, even if your circumstance didn't change. God's people pray. They pray out of a need. They pray with each other. They pray the word and they pray for faithfulness. Now we're going to go back and we're going to look at God's sovereign. 24 through 28. We're rereading some sections. I know it's making some of you mad. Hey, it's the Bible. We like the Bible here. Huh? Bible fans? Huh? That's right. Thank you. There's a whistle back there. Brian, you're getting a dollar later. All right, that's on recording. Now I've got to give the man a dollar, otherwise I lied. All right, 24 through 28. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. The fifth thing we learn about prayer is that prayer, don't miss this, is rooted in the sovereignty of God. That prayer is to be rooted in the sovereignty of God. You see that all over this. They talk about um, just the sovereignty of God over and over. That is you who's planned this, God. It's you who've predestined the gospel to take place. It is you who are carrying out your will in this. It's you who prophesied this from hundreds of years before. See, the sovereignty of God is central to all the, that we believe as Christians. Because if God's not sovereign, God's not God. Something else is. 
Some would tell you differently, and I would tell you they're wrong. Read your Bible. God is sovereign. And the idea of God's sovereignty is just the reality that nothing trumps God. God is over and through everything. He's in control. He knows what he's doing in realms we cannot understand. But he is sovereign. He is over it. Nothing trumps him. He trumps everything. Whether it's with family, friends, everything. Everything. Psalm 115.3 says that God is in heaven doing whatever he pleases. Ephesians 1 talks of the reality that God is working all things out to the counsel of his will. So does that mean, does that mean that God loves sin, that he loves seeing this war and these crushings of people and how they're hurting each other in Syria? No, God hates sin. But what it does mean is the reality that God, that sin doesn't trump God, he trumps sin. Nothing, nothing is greater than God. Nothing throws God off his plan. God will fulfill his purposes no matter what. Isaiah 10, there's an Assyria has been raised up by God to execute judgment on Israel because they've completely ran away from him and worshiping everything else. Then he's going to judge Assyria for their sin and their bragging hearts and for what they have done. And we see the purpose of God behind it in the reality that it was so that Israel would repent. They would come back to God. The book of Job, James 5 says that there was the purposes of God in, the, in Job's life. That it wasn't just happenstance. That there was purposes in what God was doing. Job saw the sovereignty of God. Chapter 2, when he's sitting there, and his wife's like, curse God and die. As he's cutting off sores from his body and scraping them. His response was, will we not take good from the Lord? as he delivers or evil. The next line is, Job did not sin in all that he said. Job was not foolish. He knew that even in the midst of difficulty, God was still sovereign, and he was still in control. He was still in control. Proverbs 19.21 says this, Many are the plans in the mind of man, but it's the purpose of the Lord that will stand. The purposes of God will stand. We don't understand them all. We don't see them all. But God's purposes will stand. That is what we can bank on. And here's the reality. So the disciples in the early church, was it easy for them or hard? Who knows? You can answer. It's okay. You're not in school. Okay, I got somebody voice in the back there. It doesn't count. Say it out loud. Yeah, gosh, you guys are great. We should practice this earlier. Hard. So have you ever wondered how they could be stoned, beat, set on fire, ripped in two, killed, watch their daughter or wives get raped, how they could go through all of this and say, God, praise be your name, where else can we go besides to you? It's because they were rooted in the sovereignty and the goodness of God beyond anything they could see. And do you know why? Do you know why? Here's what I think this text is screaming out to us. The text is screaming out to us is the why was because of Jesus. They saw the greatest injustice of all time. They saw the Son of God come and be beat, take whips with bone and metal in them to attach to his skin and rip it out. They saw the thorns go on his brow and the blood come down. They saw him go up on a hill 
have him stripped down naked, nailed to a cross. They saw the greatest injustice of an innocent man who truly was innocent in every way. And they saw that that was God's plan to bring about the greatest good that humanity could have ever expected. In their minds, the threats aren't opposite of God's sovereignty in this text. That may be the means by which God's going to fulfill his goodness. If he can take Jesus' death and make it the greatest good, how can he take our circumstances and use it for good and for his glory? That's what I think it's screaming out. That's what he's trying to say. And the thing is, with the threats, they did. Did you know why we're here today? Because these threats happened. These threats happened. Stephen's killed, killed in Acts. The gospel spreads across the region. And it starts to continue to move. Paul's in prison shares the news with the jailer his family gets saved paul continues in unjustly being arrested going to rome the city of rome here's the gospel from paul they go to the gentiles because the jews kick against it these threats that were deplorable and these things you'll read in acts we'll see all the sins that happened to these people god used it for us if you're a lover of jesus today in some sense it's because god's sovereignty allowed these threats to push the gospel out into us. The early church and disciples knew that reality because they saw it with Jesus. The promise for you and me is the reality that your life is not in vain. Whatever you're going through right now is not in vain. Whatever you're going to go through in a week, it's not in vain. God knows what he's doing, and it's not in vain. I was recently flying for work, and I was coming back, and I started thinking, man, I don't want to die on this plane. That would suck. That's what I was thinking, okay? Just straight up. Um, and then I'm like, and this text hit me, and the reality was like, but God, if you can use the death of Jesus for the greatest good, what if my death, end up being a greater good? What if that was the means by which my children came to salvation? What if that was the means that others came to salvation? What if that was the means by which people at work actually started really hearing what I was saying because they had to come and hear a funeral about it? My confidence grew. Not that I wanted to die, don't hear me, but that God is truly sovereign and that he can take what is deplorable and wicked and horrible and looks like the greatest tragedies, which are, but he's got purposes that we don't see. And I was encouraged on a flight when I get kind of nervous, and motion sick. Okay, it just happens. Um, I don't know where you're going on in your life right now, but I imagine some of you are there. And my, my encouragement to you is look at Jesus and just remember that if where you're at right now is hard, there's purpose. If where you're at right now, you're not alone. Wherever you're at right now, God is with you. You may never get what you wanted. But is he still good enough is the question. And trust him for what you need. I have a friend who's very, whose parents divorced when he was young. And it was really hard for him. And it created all this pain. But the reality is that God in his goodness and his sovereignty used that to create this man as a deep conviction for his family, for men, for parenting, for kids. And God used what was not good for his glory and his fame.
And who knows whether he got there otherwise. Does that mean that God loves divorce? No, the Bible says the opposite. But it means God can use anything. And it's over it all. Prayers to be rooted in the sovereignty of God. If you want to grow in prayer in 2017, see the bigness of God. Last one. Acts 31. Chapter 4, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. What we learn about prayer is that the greatest gift God can give us in prayer is a Lamborghini. No. Hey, some of you actually like really looked up on that one. No. The greatest gift God can give us in prayer is himself. The greatest gift God can give us in prayer is himself, more of his spirit. They're praying for boldness, and what God gives them is him. They were filled with the spirit. Now, this is not a new Pentecost. This is not a new salvation. There's four times in the book of Acts that talks about lovers of Jesus who have the spirit are filled, empowered by the Holy Spirit to be faithful to what God had called them to do. Ephesians 5 says that you and I as Christians should be filled with the spirit every day day. 2 Timothy 1 says that we will suffer by the power of the Holy Spirit. Revelations says that John is in the Spirit during his revelation. Okay? So here's the thing. This reveals to us that our greatest issue and our greatest struggle, you know what it is? And our greatest need? Thanks for not answering. I don't know what I'd have done if you did. Thank you, Jill. Um, Most of our struggles are spiritual, not logical. Most of our struggles are spiritual, not logical. How many people know some good that they should probably do? Anybody ever struggle to do it? Thank you. We know. We know don't eat that, do eat this. We know read this, go here, don't say that. But our struggle much of the time is not logical, it's spiritual. There's a battle going on, according to Ephesians 6, in the spiritual realm for us. And what we need, rather than just better logic, better psychology, better anything, is we need God. We're called to walk by the Spirit. Well, guess what? You can't walk by the Spirit without the Spirit. God's created so that we need Him. That we desperately, desperately need Him. You can't kill your sin on your own. You need Him. This makes us desperate. So in the book of John, chapter 6, Jesus says, guess what, people? You know why you're not coming to me? Because the Father's not calling you. And their response was not chipper. Their response was anger, hatred. Like, what do you mean by that? But here's what. Jesus was doing the kindest thing he could ever do. You know what he was telling them? You're insufficient. The reason you're not coming is because you need God to help you. A humble heart would say, God, help me. I don't know. Help me then. Instead, the prideful heart goes, what do you mean he doesn't want me? Well, forget him. God's wired us to need him, guys, and that's supposed to be the greatest gift, not the greatest curse. The greatest gift. You want to grow in prayer in 2017? Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and to grow you and to encourage you. You want to experience the power of God? Put yourself in places that he has to actually show up. Matthew 10 says that when the disciples were hugged, drugged, I said hugged, that would have been weird, before the courts, right? They were, don't be 
worried about what they're going to speak because the Spirit would speak through them. Some of us don't experience the power of the Spirit like we should because we don't put ourselves and seek to be obedient like we should. This can be with taking care of our home. This can be with taking care of ourselves. This can be with sharing the gospel. This can be with doing the right thing. I had a coworker who came in, and we've been talking for a couple years about Jesus now, and she's not there, and she's reading some certain things. And our community group that week, I was going to ask our group, so who in your life needs to hear about the judgment of God coming for their sin? And then I'm thinking about that, and she sits down, and I felt the Spirit be like, her. And I was like, oh, crap, that's not going to be fun. But all right. And so I, you know, we talk, say, how's it going with reading and stuff? I felt like God wanted me to let you know that the judgment of, of, of God is coming for you and your sin, and don't have to play around with it as you start to figure things out, and don't put off trusting him, which led into a great conversation where she walked away reading some more scriptures about it. Now, here's, here's what my plan was, to not talk about anything like that. Here's what God's plan was, to talk about stuff like that. Here's what my part was. Say what it was already hitting me, which was about judgment, and then trust from there. So much of the time, guys, we just want our circumstances to change, or we'll say, we'll share the gospel when we feel like it. Here's what I tell the boys all the time. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is doing things in the midst of fear. Some of you are not going to be obedient to what you know to do if you wait until you feel like it. You're not empowered to be obedient when you feel like it. You're empowered to be obedient whether you feel like it or not and to put yourself there so you can experience the Spirit. The greatest gift God can give us in prayer is Himself. If you want to grow in prayer in 2017, ask the Spirit to help you. Ask Him to grow you. Ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. God's people pray. God is sovereign, and God answers prayer, and the greatest answer you can give is Him. It's Him. Um, so there's two groups of people in this room. Um, cool people and uncool people. i got to stop making jokes like that on pivotal times. No, there's two groups of people in this room. There's people that know God, and there's people that don't. Okay? Um, there's people that have a sense of how to pray, and there's people that don't know how to pray. You know, and that's okay. If you don't know God, trying to pray is not going to work. It's like trying to call the president without having the number. You're just all over um, the keyboard, just dialing numbers and hoping you make it. What you have to do first is you have to call collect. God, I need you. I need you to pay my bill. I need you to save me. I need you to change me. I need you to give me faith. That's what you have to start with. That's your first phone call. And that's a call that he'll answer every time. The other set of people are those who know God. Um, and, and currently, we're doing Second John as a family. Great little book, tiny, tiny. You can do like one verse and teach a lot from it with your family. Just plugging it out there if you're looking for something. But we were reading it earlier this week. And John, the apostle, is super excited about the faithfulness of this church because people are walking in truth. So um, I said, what's walking? And then who wants to walk? So little Noxie, kid's got no hips, but super cute. Like he walks across the room and comes back. And I go, boys, what are you just doing? They're like, he walked. I'm like, yeah, he walked. He's three. He should walk, but he walked. That's great. I was like, so what's he doing? I'm like, he's walking. I'm like, yeah, he's moving. So I'm like, you see in this text that John the Apostle is super excited 
because they're doing something with the truth they have. John wasn't excited that people knew truth and did nothing with it, but they were walking in it. They were walking in it. So in just a little bit, what we're going to do is a little different for Delta. We're going to give you guys an opportunity to walk in what we were just preached on. And what this means is, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and to reveal to you where is it that your heart is being trumped? Where is it that you have a need or a fear that's trumping you right now? Where is it that there's a threat in your mind that's keeping you from being obedient or even considering certain things? Where is it that he wants um, just to go after your heart with it? The second thing I'm going to ask you to pray, I'm going to ask God to reveal to you who can pray for you in this room. Now, some of you, that's not going to happen today because the Spirit may not be pressing on the day, but you're going to have chances tomorrow, next week, to go through this, okay? But I'm going I'm to ask God to reveal to you, hey, wherever you're speaking, who can pray for this person? That God would pop a picture of a mind, a name, a mind, a picture of this person's face, their name, something that would draw you, and then I'm going to pray for boldness that you would then walk over to them and say, hey, this is what's going on. Can you pray for me? And if you're one of those people that's asked to, get, to pray for someone, here's my encouragement to you. Pray. Whatever scripture you know, even if it's just trust the Lord with all your heart, maybe it's just Acts 4, if there's something comes to mind, pray that to the person. Don't make it complicated. Don't make it complicated. The band is going to pray just instrumental during that time that are going to lead into regular worship. Another way that you might respond during this time and then to regular worship would be communion. Communion's open to anyone who loves Jesus and knows Jesus and is walking faithfully in communion with Jesus. Not perfect, but that they know him. The tables will be open for you. The tables will be open for you. Okay, so to recap, take communion at your leisure to celebrate the body and blood of Jesus. But before we get into anything, there's going to be a time where I'm going to pray over us. I'm going to pray for you guys, and then we're going to have a time with the band where it's going to have to be for you to pray, whether it's to come back and see me or John, or whether it's somebody else. But please, walk in truth. Whether it's today, this afternoon, tomorrow, walk in truth. Don't fear truth. Walk in it. Let me pray. Yeah, God, um, would you send your spirit right now? Yeah, God, would you send your spirit to Outer Park Drive right now, God? Yeah, would you come, Holy Spirit? Would you, would you meet with us? We ask for more of you, God, saying that one millisecond with you in this room is better than any words or hours of me up here, God. So would you just come? Would you come and just meet with people individually right now, Lord? I, I just pray that even certain people would start to just feel your presence and start to feel you rest upon their heart. That they would not fear, they would not fear the Spirit of God, but rather they'd see that our greatest gift is the Spirit of God being given more to us. They would not fear what you may reveal to them, but they would fear what if you didn't reveal it to them. So God, would you just come right now? May God come. For those who are discouraged, speak to them and come.
So God, would you just reveal to anyone in this room, it probably won't be everyone, but anyone, God, right now where there's a threat or something going on in their life that's just trumping, that's trumping their heart and dictating their obedience to you. Or maybe it's a fear for 2017, or maybe it's a a shame from the past. Whatever it is, God, that is just, that's just hindering, hindering or, or interrupting or just weighing on them. God, would you reveal that to people right now? Would you do that, God? Let them not be scared of it, but reveal it. And if God reveals something to you, don't don't just push it aside. Own it. It's okay. Don't be scared of it. God, would you also just, right now, would you bring a person to mind? Would you bring a name, a picture, an individual, something to mind that would just know, God, that you would just help them, let them not push that off, but say, yeah, I'll trust that. I'll trust you in this, God. Would you reveal that right now, God, to them? And then would you fill them right now, Holy Spirit, fill them with boldness, fill them with boldness to actually get prayer, fill them with boldness to be honest, fill them with boldness to say, here's where I'm at. And would you fill the people that would pray, God, with your Holy Spirit, And would they trust your word? And would they pray ferociously? Whether it's today with somebody or in three weeks. But God, fill us with your spirit and come. Fill us with your spirit and come. God, come right now. Reveal to people. Speak to them. And God, when we go into communion in a little bit, Lord, let people not feel the pressure to go. But may they sit in your presence and seek to just worship you. For those that God just revealed you to, something to you, um, this would just be a great time for you to just not in fear but in faith move and respond in that way. Um, and it reveals it in some other time, in some other place, that is good and right, and God celebrates that. But I would just encourage you to pray, to consider, and then to move if he's leading you. In your name.